0: All right. Let's bring on our second guest today. That is Assembly Member Richard Gottfried, who represents parts of Manhattan and has been a longtime chair of the Assembly Health Committee and proponent of legalizing recreational marijuana in New York. Assembly Member, thanks for joining us here on WBAI.
1: Uh, my pleasure. <laughs>
0: So from your perspective, uh, where is the marijuana legalization discussion right now in Albany? The governor has seemed to indicate he thinks it's not happening by the April 1st budget. But from your perspective, where are things at?
1: Okay, well, uh, first of all, just... uh A language note, uh, I prefer adult use rather than recreational, uh, partly because many people use marijuana non-medically for things other than recreation, uh, and also because that makes it sound like this whole topic is about people having a good time at parties when it's really overwhelmingly about getting the about ending the abuse that the criminal justice system uh... has inflicted on so many tens of thousands of uh... of people primarily people of color in new york uh... Noted. But where does the issue stand now um, you know i'm not quite sure why the governor said what he did uh... you know in 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 budget cycles people uh, you know, say things about, uh, you know, whether we're going to have an on-time budget or not, or whether they care, uh, or how things are going, you know, partly to try to influence other people's behavior. Uh, The underlying, and everybody, lots of people do this. uh... the underlying fact is that the governor's staff the assembly staff the senate staff and 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 the legislators are very actively working to bring this to closure and while there are a lot of uh... issues uh... in you know details in play uh... i don't think people are really that far apart on them and they're largely about, you know, mechanics and details and not, uh, the, you know, principles that people are going to be fighting over.
2: This is a wonky crowd listening and uh, in the studio here. So talk about some of those mechanics and details. Where where are the points of discussion now uh, within this, you know, complex and very, uh, very interesting proposal?
1: Well, a lot of it is around uh, who can uh who will be dominating this industry uh, this new industry and will it like so many other parts of our economy be very quickly dominated by big corporations that you know take over uh, the, the the bulk of the business or as almost everybody wants uh, will there be real opportunities for the uh, people from what people are calling Im- the impacted communities uh, that have been hurt the most by the criminalization uh, to get into the business and own companies and uh, and return some of the money to their communities. Uh, and that goes to things like uh, w- w- making sure that uh, the, the bigger, more, you know, better capitalized companies that do the manufacturing, because that does take a lot of money, uh, are not able to dominate the, the retail end of the trade, because uh, it's at the retail end where there's more opportunity for diversity and for a small business person to be able to put together an operation, uh, rather than putting together a, you know, a, a growing and processing uh, operation. Um uh, and so that's part of it. Uh, you know, in the alcohol world, uh, you know, back in 1933, long before I got to Albany, uh, my parents hadn't even met yet. Uh, the, you know, we, the legislature put together a system that uh, that certainly at the retail level largely guarantees uh small enterprises are involved. You know, there are no chain liquor stores in New York. Uh, Jack Daniels cannot own a liquor store. Um, and so there's a, a lot of that kind of element is, is I think, going to be baked into uh, the, the adult-use marijuana language. There's also a lot of concern to make sure that uh, the medical marijuana uh, field uh, uh survives and isn't you know wiped out by adult use and and also to, at the same time to try to make sure that uh, we can help bring down the price uh, of medical marijuana uh, and so we're looking at uh, allowing the medical marijuana companies uh, uh, perhaps to open more of, of their stores to uh, Enabling them to sell their medical product to retailers in the adult market, uh, and to enable them to be sold uh, at the same locations, uh, uh, there are details about the what might be the criminal penalties for uh, selling marijuana outside the legal system, uh, and how would we restructure that. Uh, do we allow uh, home production, uh, which I certainly strongly favor, and if so, how many plants do we let the a household own, et cetera? Um, there's also a a discussion details, about right. yeah. There's also discussion about taxes and sure. uh, how how much of the taxation goes to local governments, and uh, in the case of New York City, there's the question of Will it be earmarked for the MTA? Right. Well, that's actually
0: one question I wanted to ask about: is is mm-hmm. the discussion around? Um you know it's attractive to a lot of people on the revenue front but that's mm-hmm. i think from advocate's point of view really should not be the main reason for doing it right i mean when you've argued for it over how many years now
1: uh, actually uh, <laughs> the other day i found a piece of my re- my literature from the first time i ran for reelection which was in 1972 uh, and one of the things i mentioned that i i was a co-sponsor uh of the bill to elect, to regulate and 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 tax marijuana like alcohol so i have been supporting wow. this issue uh for uh, 47 years. Um, Is that
0: all? I don't know if you caught this, but the, gov- the governor said today on the radio that uh, that he, this was a relatively new discussion in New York that he had uh, brought to the forefront here.
1: Yes, I, I got a kick out of that, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I saw your tweet I tweeted out you, t- yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, it, this issue has been around a long time, and, and I think, you know, the fact that— I, I got involved with it when I first uh, was elected to the legislature. That doesn't mean it wasn't a, a long-time issue uh, even before that. Uh, so this has been around for a while. Um,
0: so, well, my uh, so my question was when you when you give the pitch to people, let's say there's people who aren't really. Um, you know, decided or really aren't that familiar? What do you say are the number, you know, one and two reasons to do this?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, you're right. We shouldn't be doing this for the money. Uh, although if there's going to be money produced then there will, we need to think about where it's going to go. Um, uh, I've always used a couple of arguments. Number one, uh, by all available scientific evidence marijuana is a you know is is a much more benign substance than than alcohol than tobacco frankly i think it's less of a threat to your health and welfare than sugar uh... which you know we could go on about all the things sugar can do to you uh, and secondly, the the main impact of, of the of our criminalization of marijuana has not been to stop people from using it. Uh, it has been uh, to provide an excuse uh, for arresting uh, overwhelmingly young people, overwhelmingly people of color, uh, and and wrecking their lives. And that's just. Unjustifiable, uh, to say the least. Um, and I, you know, I think I think in New York, obviously there are people who disagree with uh, with allowing adult use. Uh, there always will be, but I think for the general population, that debate is largely over in New York. And I think legalization has has won that debate.
2: So we had on, before you uh, arrived on the air, Laura Curran, the county executive for Nassau County, and she was the first to say that she would exercise the opt-out that uh, was under the governor's marijuana legalization proposal. Yeah. And the argument that she mounted was that she had a task force study this and that they found that institutions in the county were not ready for it, that schools weren't ready to deal with the potential greater uh, accessibility to marijuana that um, police weren't ready to deal with potential traffic um, issues and violations around it, uh, that they just needed more time. What do you think about that objection? I I think it was probably uttered elsewhere as well, the idea that some places simply aren't ready for the impacts of this.
0: And do do you think opt out should be even allowed? uh,
1: Well, certainly no local government should be able to opt out of the of the legalization uh and and the removal of criminal penalties uh you know we we have a strong tradition of of loc- local governments uh doing zoning and saying you can you know you can't have a factory over here uh, this is a residential street you can't open a supermarket um, but keeping an entire Lawful product out of out of a whole county, uh, I think, is is just unjustifiable, and I am hoping that any op, local opt-out uh, provision in this legislation uh, be not at the county level, but at a much smaller. Uh, you know, units of local government, so that uh, you know if you live in one town, you might have to go to the next town, but you know that's uh, that's usually not a. Uh, an overwhelming obstacle i think if Nassau county opts out or any county opts out basically they're guaranteeing that the illegal trade will continue to flourish in their county and i'd like to know what county thinks they are ready uh, for a flourishing illegal market uh and and whether the young people in their county are ready uh to continue to be the targets of uh, uh of utterly pointless arrests and ruining their lives um you know when this bill passes it's you're not going to see stores opening uh the next day uh it's going to take a lot of time for regulations to be written and for people to raise the money to to open stores and frankly it takes time for the plants to grow uh so communities are going to have plenty of time. And, you know, when you talk about schools, any school official who thinks that the current law means that uh, marijuana is not available to their students is kidding you and me and and mostly themselves. Uh, Anybody, young or old, who wants to get marijuana and is willing to break the law uh, really doesn't have any problem doing that.
0: Although uh, although that I mean you hit you hit a little bit of a threshold I think has to be the case for at least some people, which is that if it's illegal, you know you know, you're making a decision to to break the law at this point, right? I mean, you yeah know, there is something about removing that barrier that I guess common sense would say would lead more people to be open to trying it for the yeah, first but, time.
1: But you know, today it's illegal to sell to anybody, including young people, under the under the bill it will be illegal to sell to young people so if school students high school students are if it's illegal for them to get it today it will be illegal for them to get it tomorrow
0: and your age on it is 18 uh, is that your preferred I age? i think or? we're
1: looking at 20 i think we're looking at 21 uh, but
0: i'm sorry do you do you would you prefer it to be 18
1: uh i am comfortable with 21 uh it, 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 it's the age uh uh it's now going to it increasingly be the age for tobacco it's long been the age for alcohol uh but i think that's legitimate um Although my mother was a high school math teacher, and she always said that she believed that the human brain reached its maximum potential at, at about age 17, and that it was all downhill from there. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I was told it was in uh, the Yeah. 40s. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so I mean, we really have a few minutes left. I want to pivot slightly to another topic on which you are a longtime leader, and that is single-payer health care, the New York Health yes. Act, something that has been talked about a lot over a number of years and increasingly in recent months. Where does that stand in all?
1: Well, uh, you know we have a we have solid majorities in both houses now of legislators who uh, uh, who are on record as supporting uh, uh, the New York Health Act, the, the single payer bill. Uh, uh, the Assembly has passed it four times, four years in a row, by two to one margins. I I am pretty hopeful we will pass it this year in the assembly for a fifth time uh the state senate uh which has never taken the bill up uh, because you know forever it's had a republican majority they now have a democratic majority um i don't know if you know i don't know if they're ready to bring it to the floor this year uh uh and there are there are a lot of voices that uh, weren't raised against the bill in in the past because I guess they didn't think it was going anywhere, and and and, and now there are some more voices of, of concern being raised that need to be uh, talked to and uh, and and concerns met. Um, so. I hope it will pass both houses this year. I think it is more likely uh, to pass the Assembly uh, again, and, and, and then we build uh, towards the Senate, uh, taking it up uh, after that. Uh, but it is, it is getting uh, increasing support. I would encourage uh, all of your listeners uh, who support the bill to contact their legislators, uh, even legislators who are on record supporting the bill should hear from their constituents, uh, that it's a priority for them and that they really want us to, to get this done.
0: It does seem like, um, I don't know if, I don't know if increasing support is really the right phrase. I mean, maybe there's been some more people to sign on as co-sponsors. I'm not really sure, but it seems like, um, you know, this is this has been put on ice quite a bit, uh, you know, that the governor has said it's not feasible, that folks have gotten a little bit of, you know, gun shy on it in terms of uh, the, you know, sort of disruption and overhaul that would do to the healthcare system in the state. The fact that even if it saved money in the long run, it would, you know, really call for an overhaul of the state tax system. Um, is it not more that it's, you know, sort of there's a lot of other priorities and it's it's been put on ice?
1: Uh, I don't. I, I think that would be an exaggeration. Uh, you know, the issues, a lot of those issues that are raised really, um, uh, I don't think, uh, hold water. Uh, you know, it would not redo our health care system. Uh, we'll have the same doctors and hospitals. The, what we won't have is insurance companies telling us which of those doctors and hospitals we can go to. Uh, the tax mechanism using uh, 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 a payroll tax and uh, and and an add-on to the state income tax for uh, for unearned income uh, you know those are pretty familiar mechanisms there's nothing really novel about them uh, the state has even you know for 49 years administered a a public health coverage program uh, uh, Medicaid although it's it's been limited to, to low-income New Yorkers, but... but. We actually do know how to run such a program, uh, and if we're running it for everyone uh, and not just poor people, uh, there will be much more political pressure to make sure that it uh, it's a much better program.
0: Let me just get, uh, get you out of here on a quick fi- uh, follow up. When we had Senator Rivera, your Senate uh, you know uh, sponsor on the on the New York Health Act, on he said yep. something about that you guys were going to plan hearings around the state on this legislation. Is that uh, on the table? Are you planning on that post budget?
1: Well, I know the Senate is, is very interested in, in holding hearings. Uh, uh Partly, I mean, we the Assembly held hearings back in 2014 and 15. Uh, the Senate never has. So, uh, you know, holding hearings is, it is not unreasonable on their part. Uh, you know, we may well join with them uh, in co-sponsoring them just to, you know, uh, join them in hearing what people have to say. Uh, so that's, right. you know, that's not an, an unreasonable...
0: Okay. Well, we're going to leave it there. Assemblymember Richard Gottfried, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Okay. Thanks for having me
0: on.
2: Well, we're coming toward the end of another exciting edition of Maxim Murphy. This is such an interesting discussion and so many interesting things popping in Albany, but there is also news here in the city. Ben, I know you have a, a large docket of stories you're following. I know we're very interested in tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. City Hall, another meeting of the Charter Revision Commission 2019, this one focusing on land use, something city limits obviously covers a lot. I know you guys have done a lot of great coverage on the entire charter revision process last year and this year, including recent hearings. This hearing will focus on land use, specifically the possibility of changing the way the city does its planning to maybe embrace comprehensive planning, something that has not been done in New York City, has been done in many other major cities, uh, would be a a very different approach to questions about affordable housing, homeless shelters, where new jails go, how zoning is done. We'll have a preview of that up on our site, citylimits.org, tomorrow. The meeting, again, is at 6 p.m. You can go to City Hall or you can watch the live stream. We'll post the link on our site tomorrow. You can see it on the Charter Revision Commission site, but a very important uh, hearing in this very interesting charter revision process.
0: Yeah, folks might hear charter Charter Revision Commission and their eyes might glaze over, but it's actually very important for the future of the city. We've covered all the "quote unquote" expert hearings that they've been having on different subject areas. This will be the latest uh, in that series. We'll be there too, but I definitely defer to city limits on these land use type issues. But we've been covering the Charter Revision Commission's hearings on other subject matters, including city budgeting, the role of the public advocate, the role of the city law department, and all sorts of stuff. So you can find that coverage at Gotham Gazette and. We're actually also looking at this comprehensive planning issue in a much bigger scope than just the hearing. Um, Minneapolis recently passed something to mandate a city plan, so we're sort of incorporating that into a big look at the issue. We did one about a year and a half ago, and we're doing another one about this concept of what a city master plan, comprehensive plan would look like. So you can look for that in the next week maybe at Gotham Gazette along with a lot of other coverage of what's happening in the state budget negotiations and city council budget hearings and all sorts of other good stuff.
2: So he's Ben Max from GothamGazette.com. I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. We've been helped by Reggie Johnson behind the glass. Thanks for joining us on Max and Murphy. Join us next week, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Until then, have a great week in the greatest city in the world.